Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, New Millennium Evangelical Church. Wherever you are, can we all give God a shout of praise? Yay! I'm so excited to welcome you to our communion service for the month of October. We know every day is special, but something very, very special is coming up soon. I will announce that later. So whether you are an NMEC member or this is your first time to join us because someone shared this link with you, I'm so glad that you are watching this and I believe that God has a special message just for you. So let us prepare our hearts to worship God today. When the darkness falls, it won't prevail Cause the God I serve knows only how to triumph My God will never fail
Next Sunday, October 11, is NMAC's 20th birthday. Though we may be physically apart, nothing can stop us from celebrating together as a church family 20 years of God's goodness and faithfulness. On that day, we will be honoring God alone on what He has done through us and for us. That's why our theme being, From Him, Through Him, and For Him. Everything was, is, and will be about Him. So I encourage you to join us at 9 a.m. and we will celebrate together as a church family. For more details, you can check out our Facebook page. As we mark this very important day in our church history, as we celebrate in extraordinary ways, I have to admit that these are indeed challenging and difficult times for the church. Not only for the church, but the whole world itself is in tumultuous times, a global pandemic, social unrest, natural disasters, widespread unemployment, a looming financial crisis, one calamity after another, and not a single nation, not a single business, not a single church, not a single individual has not been affected by these lockdowns and these social restrictions. None has been spared. Some of you, have you known what 2020 has in store? You would have just opted for a year-long nap. Just wake me up in 2021 when it's all over. Have I known? But God did not let us know what our future holds. Why? He could have just told us straight. 2020 is going to be difficult, so you just fast forward to 2021. Why didn't He do that? Because if you know everything, if you can see everything, then you don't need faith. If you know everything, then there's no longer any room for faith. The more you know, the less faith you need. The less you know, the more faith you need. That's because faith works best when you don't know, when you cannot see. If you take away all the uncertainty, then you wouldn't need faith. For if everything is certain, if everything can be foreseen, then there's no need for faith. There are many people who ask, how can I believe in this God that I cannot see? You know, if you can see God, then you don't need faith. You may say to trust something, I just need to see it first. The Bible tells us, blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. When it comes to faith, when it comes to trusting, you don't really need to see it. Okay, let's have a quick experiment where I will prove to you that you don't need to see in order to believe. Wherever you are, everybody, can I please ask you to stand up? Come on, please stand up. I can see you. You are not standing. Okay, everybody, please stand up. Everybody, sit down. Again, stand up. Sit down. Okay, this is exercise during lockdown. Now, how many of you checked the manufacturer's label under your seat before you sat? How many of you first calculated the stability and the tension of your body weight as a load on your chair before you sit? Anybody? How many of you needed to visit the factory where the chair was made before you sat down? How many of you tested the material to see whether it contains any harmful chemicals? No, because there are things in life that we just believe. Why? Because we have sat in that chair hundreds of times before and it carried us and we did not fall. You see, because of what happened in the past, you can now trust what's happening in the present or what will happen in the future because of what happened in our NMEC past we can now trust God for what's happening to us now and for our future same with faith you don't need to see everything before you can believe that's why Hebrews chapter 11 verse 1 tells us faith shows the reality of what we hope for it is the evidence 
of things that we cannot see. Many times, we are so focused on the things that we want to see, that when we don't see it, when we don't see the healing, when we don't see the relationship restored, when we don't see our prodigal child come back home, then we give up on God. We give up on God because of the things that we don't see. But that's specifically why God would often put us in situations where we don't know and cannot see in order to prevent us from relying too much on what we know. In the story of the disciples encountering a storm wherein Jesus walked on water, I want you to notice something very important. In Mark chapter 6, verse 45, it tells us, Immediately he, meaning Jesus, made his, made his disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side, to the other side of the lake. Meaning, Jesus will meet them on the other side of the lake. So even before the disciples got into the boat to cross over to the other side, Jesus already gave them his word that they will make it, that they will see him on the other side. Even before they encountered the storm, even before they met the trial, even before you had that sickness, even before you met those problems. Jesus already assured you that you shall overcome. Now, but from this point to that point, there may be a lot of things that we cannot see or we do not know. But the victory is already yours. The victory is already assured. And we are now just playing out the journey. Maybe how to get to that victory, we may sometimes have to modify. Maybe how to make that journey, we may sometimes have to make some decisions. But the outcome is already certain. Now, let me put this in a drawing. Point A is where you are right now. Point B is God's promise that you shall overcome and that you shall meet Him there. If the starting point is point A and the finish line is point B, we are already assured of the victory even before we start. Yes, in between points A and B, we may sometimes fail. Our boat may sometimes get rocked by the storm. We may sink into the water like Peter, calling out for Jesus to save us. But we have the victory already. Faith is what brings you from point A to point B. Faith is confidence in God that you will meet Him there at point B. But at every instant, at every moment, at every point from point A to point B, you need to keep the faith. Let me repeat, it takes faith to reach point B from point A. And in between, there will be trials, there will be challenges, there will be sickness, there will be disappointments with your children, conflicts in relationships, problems. So as you travel from point A to point B, you need to keep the faith, keep the faith, keep the faith, keep the faith. You know, life for the early Christians was never easy. Our times might be tough today, but theirs was many, many more times tougher. Their properties were plundered because of their faith but they kept the faith. They were publicly shamed, but they kept the faith. They suffered persecution, but they kept the faith. Some were martyred. Some were even fed to the lions in amphitheaters while their loved ones would watch while being impaled on poles. Nakatusok na parang barbecue while you are watching your family being eaten by lions. And later, they will be burned alive on those poles. Yet, they kept their faith even unto death. How did they do it? How do you keep your faith when everything seems impossible? How do you keep your faith when you are at the end of your rope and you are about to give up? We have all been in that place where everything seems to be crumbling around us when we are against all odds. Where nothing is going exactly the way we want it. In those moments, keeping the faith is very critical. Right now, my friend, a brother in Christ, 
Brother Peter Kim will share with us how he kept the faith even when everything in his life seems like a huge challenge. Let us now hear his story. Good morning. My name is Peter Kim, and for those who do not know me, you can ask anyone in NMEC who the first Korean member in the church is. Well, that's me. Let me give you a little bit of background of myself first before I start. I'm a missionary kid, also called as MK, and I came here with my parents in 1996. I studied in various schools in the Philippines and in Korea, and then came back here to start my career. Then I started going to the Wednesday Bible study at my family friend's house, and then I met Eileen and fell in love with her. After pursuing her for two years, we got married and now have a very handsome son who just turned one last September. I am currently running four companies with 26 employees here and in Korea, handling digital marketing and technology services. This is the story I'm telling everyone. And from the outside, it looks like my life is full of blessings and successes. I married the one I love, built a career I like, established multiple companies in four years. When I look back in my life, however, I thought that my life is full of challenges and trials. It's like the challenges were trying to follow me around as I age. My wife told me that she never had this intensity of challenges before in her li single life. And I jokingly said, sorry, I dragged you into this. If I list down all the challenges and the story behind it, my testimony would become a sermon, so I'll just talk about a few of the biggest challenges I faced recently. Back in 2014, when I was preparing for a wedding with my wife, my parents backed out and decided not to support our relationship and also our marriage. We promised each other to love and get married, but that seemed to fall apart. I asked God, why are you giving me this challenge? Why can't I be the, like the other guys who gets to experience uh, smooth sailing marriages? I did not attempt suicide, nor did I think about doing it, but then I completely understood how heavy must have they felt uh, who committed suicide. But as I prayed, I felt that this is just another test for me to handle, that in this test, God has a purpose why I'm experiencing this. I don't know how it'll be used later in life, but I felt I had to go through this. I believed on the verse that God doesn't give me the test I could not handle, so I thought uh, that I can handle this and go through this. In 2015, Eileen and I finally went through the wedding, but my parents did not attend. To be fair for my parents, my methodology of persuasion was wrong, that they were hurt. But I'll skip that part because there was another challenge that rose above the surface. In the middle of having the feeling of bitterness because of the fact that the wedding was done without parents' blessing, my wife and I found that I have an infertility issue. When I heard from a doctor in Makati Medical Center, that it's hopeless and I can't have a child, my heart sank again. I remembered the text I received from my parents when they were hurt, that I would not have a happy marriage without the blessing of parents, and was asking myself if I really made the wrong decision and if this is how God is punishing me. But then again, I started to think that this is just another test I need to go through after praying through and through. I believe for the promise that He will use me in His purpose, that this is another test that I need to overcome to achieve His purpose. Just like how God molded Moses to be prepared for His purpose, I also thought that God was molding me. So with this faith, I began the journey with my wife to look for a solution. I knew in my heart that contrary to what the doctor said, it's not over. I sought for help from the doctors in Korea and found out that although it's not hopeless, there's a very slim chance that it'll be successful. The doctor in Korea told me that I, if I have a baby, 
Then it's a miracle from above. When I heard his comment, then I determined to do our best to keep the faith. My determination created another challenge in my life. We only had savings enough to do one session of IVF, and with the faith we tried it, but failed. But because it's not over yet, I had to find a way to financially support another IVF. I had to resign from my job, which was my comfort zone back then. I was pushed to do business because that was the only way for me to be able to support the IVF session. The business I set up with my co-founder was uncertain at the onset because there was no investment funds to begin with. Despite with all of these uncertainties, the IVF and the businesses, I still pushed to go with my faith. The process of going through multiple IVFs and also trying to maintain the business with zero experience in doing business prior was really challenging. My wife and I were literally passing our income to the IVF clinics. We still failed on our second attempt, but we did not give up and were holding on to the faith. Then on the third attempt, the result came out positive. This was clearly a miracle from God because the third attempt was the only chance we got. The doctor told us that the third try may be our last chance. And that was it. We have a son now, and the doctor was able to secure three more healthy embryos so we could be able to possibly try getting more children in the future. Then all of a sudden, my earlier challenge which is not being able to talk with my parents, seemed to be resolving on its own. My mom and I communicated as soon as the birth of my son, and I was finally able to talk to my dad on my son's first birthday, and I apologized to my dad for the things I have done. I was able to reconcile with my parents. It's truly amazing what God has given me. He gave me a series of tests and challenges, but he gave me the faith perseverance, and the courage to take up the challenges to overcome them. I'm not worried despite the challenges I'm facing right now with my business because of pandemic. That's because I trust that God will solve my problem and I just need to move forward and push myself to the limit. He will do the rest of the act to make sure that I'm not left in misery because I know that he has his own purpose for me. I'd like to summarize my testimony in one verse, and it's one of my favorite verses. Romans 8.28 says, And we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to His purpose. All the good and bad things that are happening in our life will in the end result to goodness that will serve His purpose. We just need to put our faith on Him and persevere from all the challenges we are facing right now. Glory be to God. Amen. Brother Peter's story is the whole point of the book of Hebrews. The author was urging the early believers to keep the faith. And this can be seen in his repeated encouragements all throughout the book. In Hebrews chapter 3, verse 6, he says, and we are his house, if indeed we hold firmly to our confidence and the hope in which we glory. Meaning, keep the faith. In, chapter, in the same chapter, verse 14, we have come to share in Christ, if indeed we hold our original conviction, our original confidence, our original faith firmly to the very end. In chapter 4, verse 14, he repeats the same thing. Therefore, since we have a great high priest who has ascended into heaven, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold firmly to the faith that we now profess. Again, in chapter 10, verse 23, let us hold tightly without wavering to the hope we affirm for the God who promised is faithful and can be trusted to keep his promise. Because of the great trials and persecution they faced, the early Christians during the time of the writing of Hebrews were tempted to leave their faith, to turn away from Jesus. And it's understandable. Can you imagine how tempting it would be to compromise what you believe in order to protect your family, your spouse, your children, and your closest friends from harm? 
How do you possibly encourage your fellow believers in those conditions, in those situations? The writer says, keep on believing, don't give up, hold tight. Keep on believing, don't give up, hold on. Keep on believing, keep the faith, we shall overcome. Why? For a true believer is known in his faith by whether he keeps believing or not. Jim Simbala once said, and I quote, The battle of the Christian life has always been not just to believe, but to keep on believing. Now, how do we keep the faith? Number one, focus on God and His promise. Focus on God and His promise. Someone once said, don't bet on the horse, bet on the jockey. Don't bet on the horse. And your horse may be your business, your job, your career, your business plan, your relationships. Those things change. Situations change. Don't bet on the circumstance. Instead, bet on the one who controls the circumstances. If you bet on the jockey, then you can ride out any storms, any situation. Notice in the story in the Gospel of Mark, Jesus did not stop the wind. He did not stop what was, what was working against the disciples. Many of you, you are praying that God will put an end to your problems, that God will put an end to your challenges, that God will put an end to this COVID. But that's not what He promised. Faith does not eliminate the distractions. Faith does not eliminate the problems or the challenges. Instead, faith shifts the attention. Let me repeat. Faith does not eliminate the problems. It, instead, it shifts the attention. Now, how do you keep the faith? You shift your attention from the storm to God. You shift your attention from the COVID to God. You recognize that God is bigger than your circumstances. And if God who is bigger than your circumstance says He will meet you at the other side, then does it matter what you face over here? Does it matter what you go through over here? You know, brothers and sisters, there's nothing, and I say it with a capital N, there's nothing that can take you out of the race. There's nothing that can keep you from overcoming. For the one who is in you is greater than any circumstance that you are in right now. God is greater than your sickness. He is greater than your business bankruptcy. And if you have to face death, God is greater than death. Remember, the passage tells us that Jesus made his disciples go ahead to the other side. Jesus, who knows all things, knew for sure that he was sending his disciples into a storm. Why? Why would he send them into a storm? In the book of James, it tries to tell, tell us the reason. It says, Consider it pure joy whenever you face trials of many kinds. Take note, it says, whenever, not if, we will certainly face trials. Because you know it is a testing of your faith. So trials or storms in your life is actually a test. And what does it test? It tests the authenticity of our faith. It tests the genuineness of our faith. It shows whether our faith is real or not. And faith here is confidence in God. So trials are a test of how confident you are in our God. Then that test produces something. Let's continue with the verse. Because you know that the testing of your faith produces perse pers perseverance. Perseverance is the ability to hold up, to endure, to keep the faith. So trials prove whether your faith is real, then it produces the ability to keep the faith. Trials exercise our faith muscles. It makes our faith stronger. The more your faith muscles are exercised, the greater your ability to keep the faith. Then in verse 4, it says, Let perseverance finish or complete its work so that you may be mature and complete. 
not lacking anything. Meaning, keep your faith until you reach point B. Don't give up. Don't quit. Why? This is the outcome. So that you will have mature faith. So that you will have spiritual maturity. You know, many believers today have a wrong concept of faith. They think that faith exempts you from the trial, from the storm. They think that faith is some sort of a protective amulet that keeps you from the pain, from the difficulties, from the trials, and from the suffering. Instead, they want health and wealth. And people go to religion in order to be blessed, in order to be protected, because they want to avoid these storms, these trials. But following Jesus is the opposite, at least for now, in this lifetime. Sometimes, Jesus himself would send us through trials so that we may exercise our faith in order to produce pers perseverance or the ability to keep believing. So instead of asking God to remove the storm, let us shift our focus from the storm to Him so that we can keep believing until the very end. For the mark of true faith oftentimes is seen in the patience and in the endurance as you go through sufferings. You know, faith does not only allow you to discover something about your faith. It also allows you to discover something about God. I mean, trials does not only allow you to discover something about your faith, but it also allows you to discover something about God. I want you to notice something here. Mark tells us that Jesus went up on a mountain to pray, and the boat was down in the middle of the lake. Jesus was up on the mountain, and they were down on the lake. So Jesus could actually see them. In verse 48, it says, He saw the disciples straining at the oars because the wind was against them. Meaning, when Jesus sent them to go through the storm, He never took His eyes off His disciples. Jesus sees them in the storm. You know, it doesn't matter if I can see or I cannot see as long as Jesus can see me. And that's what matters. Maybe right now you feel like God has left you out there somewhere. But God gave you His Word. He is with you. He, is, he can see you. And He will be with you in the storm. Now, can you see the two contrasting sides? In the blue corner, the trials of your life, the sickness, depression, financial difficulties, doubts telling you to give up, not to not keep the faith. On the red corner, God's promises to you that you will make it. His word that is 100% reliable, 100% fulfilled, that He is stronger than whatever that is against you, that he has never been defeated and he has already overcome. It's what you are going through versus what he did for you and what he has promised for your future. It's what you feel versus what you know. Now, don't confuse the two. Don't confuse your present trials with the promise that God has for your future. The disciples, they have Jesus' word. But before them, they face the wind. Now, which will they focus on? Again, Jesus did not stop the storm. But He came. He came there to help. To help them face it. Now, it does not matter. Or it does not depend on your feeling. Because your emotions, your feeling may tell you to be afraid, to be fearful. It depends on your faith. Are you going to bet on the jockey or are you going to bet on the horse? But the thing is, for God's word, for God's promises to work, you must trust in the meantime. And that's how you keep the faith. Number two, you focus on the eternal perspective. You focus on the eternal perspective. Faith is a, mat faith is a matter of keeping the right perspective. You know, it is hard to have faith when things are so difficult and so tough, when things are so challenging, when you are in the storm, so to speak. And that's what happened to the disciples. 
Imagine you are in a marathon and you are running the 23rd mile and you are all tired and exhausted and in pain. And in that very moment, it's hard to remember, why did I sign up for this in the beginning? And that's because the immediate presses in and the immediate, the present, the trials, the storm, what is in front of you is painful, is discouraging, is frustrating and overwhelming. In life, when things are very challenging and difficult, it's really hard to keep perspective. Where am I going? Why am I doing this again? And that's why the Bible is helpful because it gives us the eternal perspective. Paul, who went through all sorts of hardship in his life, was able to keep his faith. How? 2 Corinthians chapter 4 tells us, For our present troubles are light and won't last very long, yet they produce for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. You may say, Excuse me? My troubles are not light and they are not momentary. Do you have any idea how heavy my burden is? But try comparing them with the Apostle Paul's problems. He was imprisoned, he was beaten, he was stoned and left for dead. Three times he was shipwrecked, going for days without food, without clothes, and without sleep. Notice, he described all of his present troubles as light problems. Would you consider them as light? Try being beaten with rods, or try being whipped with 39 lashes. No, to us these are heavy problems. Paul is not saying that the pain and the grief and the trials and the suffering that we endure, he's not saying that they are not a big deal. But what he's saying is, if we take our present suffering and compare them with the eternal glory that we have ahead of us at the finish line, then only in light of that comparison that these troubles that we are experiencing now became light or become light and momentary. Now, this problems only become light if you would compare them with something that is significantly heavier. For example, these are my present problems and they seem heavy. But when I now compare them with this, then this seems light, right? Because I now compare them with the eternal weight of glory that is awaiting me. And Paul weighs the two of them on a scale. He puts all the trials and suffering in his life on one side of the scale, and Paul has a more than his share of that. And then he places the eternal glory that he will receive someday on the other side of the scale. And the future glory far outweighs the present suffering. Why? Because the present problems are only temporary momentary. It begins, it ends, it is brief, it has a duration, it is limited. Cancer, maybe you suffer for five to eight years. Your family problems, maybe two to three years. But the future glory is eternal. It goes on forever. Here in the present, there may be heartaches and headaches and frustration and pain. But there in the future, being in the presence of God with His family for all eternity, all of a sudden, the present becomes very light compared with the eternal. And that's what Paul calls us to do. Every time you face suffering, you need to put it in perspective by comparing it relative to what you will have someday. You know when a runner or when an athlete stands at the podium to receive his gold medal and a lifetime of recognition from his country, for his achievement, then all the pain that he endured in his training, all the pain that he endured in the competition pales now in comparison with the glory of that winning moment. And that's the perspective we must remind ourselves of regularly if we are to keep the faith. Martin Luther once said, I only have two days in my calendar, this day and that day. That day, when we go home and see our Savior face to face. 
you know, when we choose to fix our eyes on that day, which is eternal, then we can face this day, no matter how hard it is. And that leads me to my third point, to keep the faith, focus on the prize. Focus on the prize. Jesus is our prize. As Christians, we give up everything. We leave everything behind, but we get our best deal ever because we got a treasure now that's worth so much more than what we gave up. Jesus is our prize, and the prize is already given to us as a gift of grace right now. Think about running a race with a gold medal already around your neck. How do you run? You run rejoicing. You don't run in pain. It brings freedom to run everything you've got. Because I cannot lose anymore. I cannot lose anymore. So I run everything. I run with everything that I've got. I may have some days when I feel I've lost. I may have some seasons which I feel I'm losing. But the big picture is I am already a winner because I've already been given the prize. He who is in you have already overcome and is waiting for you at the finish line. The writer of Hebrews continues on to say, Consider him who has endured the shame of the cross and took his place at the right hand of the Father so you don't grow weary and lose heart. When we see how much Jesus Christ had suffered for us, how he gave everything for us, then it will motivate us to say, yes, this may be hard, yes, what I'm facing may be tough, but I want to give everything I've got for Him, so I'm going to keep going this day. You know, many times we lose faith because we lose sight of the destination of the prize awaiting at the end. The early Christians, because of their right perspective, their lives were radically different. Hebrew chapter 10 tells us they suffered along with those in prison and joyfully accepted the confiscation of their property. Now, if someone would forcefully, unfairly, and wrongfully take away and steal your properties, your businesses, will you joyfully accept it? No, but they were able to do so. Why? Because they knew. Okay, let's continue with the verse because you knew that you yourselves had better and lasting possessions. So do not throw away your confidence. It will be richly rewarded. Because they knew they have a far better possession awaiting them. And this is the power of faith. Faith allows you to see further. Yes, it may look difficult. Yes, it may look painful for the here and now. But there is something better at the end of the here and now. That you have a better possession, being co-heirs with Christ, the eternal glory. And you know that this is what lasts forever. Not your house, not your business, not your pain, not your suffering. Someone once asked a person suffering from terminal illness, Why do you keep believing? How can you still have faith in spite of your sickness? You know what her answer was? Her answer was, because of heaven, because of heaven. She's willing to go through all of this, even enjoy, because she knew that something more wonderful is coming soon if she just kept believing. Hebrews chapter 10 continues, You need to persevere so that when you have done the will of God, you will receive what He has promised. For in just a little while, He who is coming will come and will not delay. Some of you, you may be on the brink of giving up today. With the pandemic, with the difficulties that it has brought us, let me encourage you. Keep on believing just a little while more because your Savior is going to return soon and you will receive your reward. So today, I urge you to keep hanging on, to keep pressing on, keep on believing, keep the faith. Don't give up when we are all so close. Just like this picture, we are all so close. So don't give up. Brothers and sisters, 
Will you keep the faith? Jesus is coming soon. Will you endure to the very end? At the end of World War, of the Second World War, when search efforts by the Allied forces were sent out all throughout Europe, they found an old abandoned prison camp nearly completely demolished. As the soldiers went down the basement to look for survivors, they found these writings etched on the crumbling wall. A victim of the Holocaust has etched on the wall the Star of David and he wrote these words. And I quote, I believe in the sun even when it does not shine. I believe in love even when it is not shown. I believe in God even when he is silent. That is a that is a faith that keeps on believing. You know, as a church, we have been through a lot these past 20 years. We have lost people who are dear to us. We have faced a lot of challenges together. And there are a lot of things in our future that we cannot see. If you ask me, when will our church services resume? When will our seniors and our Sunday school kids be allowed to gather again? Honestly, I don't know. I don't have the answers. But as our church faces her greatest challenge in these 20 years, and though it's hard to see ahead, I can sense that this is one of the most exciting days of the church as we near the end. And I want us to be part of what God is doing, but it takes faith. Though there are a lot of things we do not know and cannot see, but I do know that the faithful God who has brought us to this point the same God who will lead us into our future. I know that we can trust Him for what is ahead and that His Word is true. I know that He will be with us just as He will be waiting for us at the finish line to welcome us home soon. May we keep that faith until the very end. As we reflect on the song, let us prepare our hearts for communion. Most gracious Heavenly Father, through the trials and storms of life, may we hold on to your word and to your promises. Even in the darkest hour, may we hold on to our faith. Amidst this pandemic, amidst all the terror, amidst all the fear, the sorrow, the grief and the pain, amidst all the losses, the evil, and the sickness, the injustice and the hurts, help us to remember that you have already overcome and you are waiting 
to meet us at the finish line. Increase in us, Lord, the faith that you have begun in us, and sustain this faith that it may persevere and endure to the very end. Help us to remember that as Lord over all circumstances, you still reign and you will reign for all eternity. Help us to remember that one day you will take us home and all that we suffered and endured would pale in comparison with the glory of that moment. That our suffering right now are but momentary in light of the glory, the eternal glory and the eternal reward that we will have on that day. Many times we forget that. Between now and eternity, help us to hold fast on you. Till we see you face to face, may we learn to trust you in the meantime. May we look to you, the finished work of your Son, Jesus Christ, on the cross. May we fix our eyes on him, our reward. May we continue to walk by faith, keep believing till the race is finished and the work here on earth is done knowing that someday we will overcome for you have overcome lord we pray for healing for the sick we pray for deliverance for those in bondage we pray that you set us free from fears and worries and for those who have lost loved ones we pray for your comfort upon them and lastly we pray that we will remain faithful until the very end in jesus name we pray Amen. The communion is a reminder that Jesus has suffered more than any one of us has suffered. He will not call us to suffer beyond what He has suffered on the cross. And as we partake of the bread and the cup, let us consider Him who has endured the shame of the cross. Why? So that you won't get weary so that you won't grow weary and lose heart. When we see how much Jesus Christ has suffered for us, how much He has given up for us, then it will motivate us to keep believing, to endure in our present trials. Brothers and sisters, you may be in a storm in your personal life right now. Maybe you are suffering from a terminal illness, Maybe you are facing the prospect of losing a loved one. Maybe you are about to lose your job. Or you are having a family breakup. Maybe your child is rebellious and has gone the wrong way. Maybe you are wondering if your health will turn for the worse or not. Maybe your world is crumbling all around you. Remember, as you suffer, you are actually sharing in Christ's suffering. We may not understand all these things that are happening to us, and it may be hard to see what is ahead. But we know, we know that God works for the good of all those who love Him. It starts with that conviction. And that's the only thing we need to know. That's the only thing faith needs to know. So I encourage you to choose to believe and to keep believing Yes, you may lose friends, you may lose staff, you may lose your courage, you may lose a lot of money, you may even lose your business. It may seem like you're losing your battle with your sickness. But keep believing, keep the faith. The communion also reminds us that someday we shall overcome. For Jesus promised that someday we will partake of this bread and this cup together with Him in heaven. So with that motivation, with that hope, let's keep expecting, let's keep believing, let us not give up, but keep the faith until that day when He comes back to take us home. Let us prepare the elements. The Lord Jesus, on the night that He was betrayed, He took bread, and when He had given thanks, He broke it and said, This is my body which is given up for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Yeah, so she
，你就安尼行，为着是纪念我，咱恭敬三合来领受纪念主。He took the cup, saying, "This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me." 耶稣提起杯来讲，这个杯是用我的血所立的新约，因为一摆你们死，就安尼行，为着是纪念我，咱恭敬，三合在名受纪念主。To conclude, we will be praying the Lord's Prayer. You can pray in English or Chinese according to your preference. 阮伫天内爸，愿你的名做圣，你的国降临，你的旨意得成伫地顶，亲像伫天顶。所得用的美牛，今仔日想输阮，下边阮的罪，亲像阮的下边得罪阮的人，无得托阮拄着试探，求阮脱离歹，因为国权用光拢是你的，直到代代，心情所愿。And now for some announcements, again. Next Sunday, October 11, is our 20th anniversary. We want to give back to God all our all the glory. So please join us as we worship together, 9 a.m. Just go to our Facebook page to check the details. We have prepared a lot of surprises that day. So hope to see all of you. Tomorrow, October five, is the start of our church-wide prayer and fasting. You can find the prayer items posted on our Facebook page, and we will have our culminating prayer meeting on Friday, October nine, 9 p.m. live via Zoom. We will send out and post a Zoom link within the week. Since we are limited to 100 slots, we encourage one Zoom connection per family. So that we can accommodate everyone. Third, I want to say a big thank you to all our coworkers who help make our online worship every Sunday possible. To everyone who is serving, volunteering, giving, and praying for the church, I also want to express my gratitude. If you wish to participate in serving and in giving to God's kingdom work through NMEC. Just check out our Facebook page, New Millennium Evangelical Church, for details. If you have family members, relatives, and friends who are currently going through a mental or emotional crisis, you can contact Pastor Jin Chan to schedule a counseling session through our Joyful Hope Counseling Ministry. For more details, you can visit and follow our Facebook page. www.facebook.com/nmakejoyfulhope. Next, for our parents, if you want your children to be part of our kids' worship Zoom Sunday school classes for four to twelve years old, please register at our Facebook page. Check out the NMAC Kids Worship on FB for details and updates. Now, if you want to be part of a discipleship group. Or a small group, or if you have any prayer concerns, you can contact any of the pastoral staff, and we will be glad to connect you to a group or to pray with you. If you have friends or relatives who would prefer to tune in to our Mandarin services, check out our Zoom link at our Facebook page or Viber group. Our NMEC Metro North mission will be relocating to a bigger. Worship venue in Malabon. Please pray with us as renovations are now ongoing. Lastly, for updates on our upcoming events activities, we encourage you to follow our Facebook page, or you can also share our post with your friends. If you want to watch our recorded messages, do subscribe to our YouTube channel. We thank our faithful coworker who is updating them for us every week. Now, how do we apply our message this morning? First, 
you can share in what aspect in your life right now do you need to keep the faith? Then second, this week, what are some concrete ways that you can do so? Thank you, brothers and sisters, for worshiping with us. Thank you for being with us these past 20 years. Now, may we receive the benediction. May the Lord bless and keep you. May His face continue to shine upon you, and may He be gracious to you. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of the Father, and the encouragement and comfort of the Holy Spirit be upon us all. Amen. See you this Friday, 8 p.m., for our culminating prayer meeting, and also next Sunday. Remember, the best is yet to come.